bless you, preacher. Well, it's good to be here. I'm freezing to death. <laughs> Man, are y'all cold? Thanks God, we must be having barbecue or something tonight, and it's hanging back yonder in the back. I, I don't know what it is. I guess y'all got the air cut up around here because uh, I'm just, I am, I'm cold. So whoever's in charge of that thing, hey, Bubby, hit that, tell him what button to mash over. Cut that thing up about 78. Amen. I'll warm up a minute. Right. Praise God for that. Amen. That's right. Well, it's good to be here. No, I don't believe it. I couldn't wear it. I'd look like 50 pound flour in a 10 pound sack with that thing on. Amen. Glad I'm saved tonight. I, pray, I thought when they were singing, I go to church where they go. I, got, I get them people just sing, I go to church where they do. Amen. That's my claim to fame. I go to church where the dove do. Amen. Amen. I appreciate them. A great blessing they are to us and our church. And it's always a privilege to be here at Bible Baptist. I love Brother Ricky. Thank God for him. And uh, just appreciate the ministry of this church to me and my family and the blessing that we have to be able to be with you during the Jubilee meeting as well. And it's an honor to be here tonight and just to try to my best to be a help and a blessing to you. And uh, I just couldn't help but think back there. I, they was talking about, you know, our, our names may never be up in the marquee and things of that nature. And, and I just thought about this. Say, as a man, when I, when I got saved, he, uh, I, and a lot of y'all know this. I've been here so many times. I had aspirations. I wanted to be a sports broadcaster, and I enjoyed it. And uh, that was my life. I mean, I put everything I had into it this before I got saved. And I got saved at the house that morning, and I went into the television station and quit. He said, where are you going? I said, I'm quitting. I'm getting out of here. He said, well, can you stay? And long story short, I stayed enough to fulfill my obligation to him. And when I got saved, a man I, I went run around with, two weeks before I got saved, we went to Talladega together. And, uh, and I got saved two weeks later, and I went over to his house. And I told him, I said, Les, I said, I just got right with God. And he said, no, you've just hit, you've hit a bad skid. He said, you'll be back out here. I said, no less. I got saved. God changed my life, changed my life, and I won't be back here anymore. I seen him two, I seen him twice after that. The second time I seen him, he almost got upset at me. He said, you could have really made something out of your life. You could have really done something. You had potential, and here you have, you've bloated on this kind of thing right here, on this religion. That man's in hell tonight, and I'm preaching a meeting. Bible Baptist Church. Buddy, I'm telling you, you talk about the grace of God that brings salvation, that'll change your life, that'll make life worth living. Now, nobody really knows who we are, but I'm glad the only one that counts knows who we are, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise God, Jesus will take a nobody and turn them into somebody. Now, not the world's standards. They don't think that at all, but I'm glad, thank God, my name is there. Amen. I don't know if it says Randall Lee Sutherland. I don't know if it says Randall L. Sutherland, Randy Lee Sutherland. I don't even know. Well, I know it's spelled right up there, amen. And I know God knows her name if you're saved. And praise the Lord for that. Well, I've said enough. The book of Jude tonight, the book of Jude, the book of Jude. And Lord willing, I'll be able to be here uh, every night of the meeting. And I appreciate Brother Grant the preaching tonight. And uh, I'll be, be able to be here every night, but I don't have to preach every night. I'm just glad to be here. And uh, I, I mean that. I'm not lying this time. I'm really glad to be here. 
And the book of Jude. I tell you what, let's stand as we read the word of the Lord. Let's stand as we read the word of the Lord together uh, out of the book of Jude. And we're going to read the first five, five verses out of the book of Jude. And uh, Jude is likely the latest book that was written in the New Testament, the last book written in the New Testament other than the writings of the Apostle John. And so Jude is writing here at the latter end when the church is first getting started. And what happened here is error had infiltrated the church and Jude was writing uh, to warn them and to tell the Christians that they need to be on guard. And that's really what the book of Jude is all about. The book of Jude, verse number one, the Bible said, Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to them that are sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ and called, mercy unto you and peace and love be multiplied. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. For there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men, turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. I will therefore put you in remembrance, though you once knew this, how that the Lord having saved the people out of the land of Egypt afterward destroyed them that believed not. Thank you. You can be seated. I appreciate your standing. And I want to preach tonight on earnestly contending for the faith. Now, uh, all of us should be on guard of some corrupt teachings uh, and encourage every one of us to stand for the principles of Christian truth. There is a call today uh, to drop the standards, to drop the doctrine, and just preach a happy-go-lucky gospel, and we're all going to the happy hunting grounds one day. Let's not say anything to be offensive, but now what Jude does is warn us right the contrary that we should earnestly contend for the faith, especially when there is error beginning to attack truth. And Jude has been called the Acts of the Apostates, and we're living in that day of apostasy, of falling away, of turning away, from the truth. We are in those days today and the truth that, that we need to hold to today needs to be true, needs to be preached because it is the truth. We need to tell the truth and sometimes the truth is going to hurt. But when I go to the doctor, I want him to be honest with me. I don't want him to water it down. I want him to tell me exactly like it is. Give me the prescription. I'll take the medicine because I want to get better and the truth will make you free. And apostasy will affect every one of us and is affecting us today. You say you believe that this church could fall into that where you would turn away from the truth where you would fall away from the truth God forbid that it would happen I've only been saved for 19 years and I believe I've been in churches that are turning away from the truth I believe I'm going to places now that they will not warn the people anymore and they're turning away from the good grace of God and turning their lives over to another gospel another spirit and we're living in those days today. I tell you this we need to be on the lookout and have some preventive maintenance if nothing more that we earnestly contend for the faith. You think you could happen here? Well I'll say this when the Lord Jesus Christ preached 
him. And despite the warnings of the Apostle Paul and despite the warnings of Peter and of Jude, uh, they fell into apostasy. And that's why you and I need to earnestly contend for the faith. And the Bible said this. He said, I'd like to preach to you about the common salvation. And I'd love to do that tonight, amen. Preach about the common salvation. If you're saved tonight, you got washed in the same blood that washed away the sins of Saul of Tarsus on the Damascus Road. And I'm glad tonight that I am saved and that I know that I'm saved. Now, before I get done with, I want you to understand that I'm not upset. I'm just earnestly contending for the faith. Now, that word earnestly contending, the word contend there, it's where we get our word for agony. I mean, listen, Jude is saying this is not going to be something that's going to be easy. This is going to be something that is going to be agonizing. This is something that you're going to have to break a sweat at. This is something you're going to have to work at. It's an athletic term. And these athletes are in the tip-top shape, kind of like me. These athletes that's in great tip-top shape, they don't get that way by sitting around eating donuts all day. Amen? They get that way because they get out and they break a sweat and they're earnestly agonizing in that competition. Well, I'll say this tonight. If you're going to stand for the faith, if you're going to earnestly contend for the faith, it is not going to be an easy thing because your family's going to go against you. They're going to say, you done hooked up with that cult down there. I mean, you they, you've knocked on doors. Here you have. You've got sinners come to the house of God. Listen to me. If you're coming to this church for the first time or just now coming to this church, your family's going to say, you done got hooked up there with that strange crowd. You done got hooked up up there where them people are called. Hey, it's not a cult, amen. It's where you're going to hear the truth. Praise God. That's why I joined the church I go to. I joined the church. I, I, I could have went to any church I wanted to in Gordon County. I got saved in the living room on the love seat, amen. And God saved my, uh, saved my life at my house. He saved my soul, but I wanted to go a place where I knew my soul could be fed. I went to Concord Baptist Church for one reason. I said, you know what? They'll tell me the truth out there. God is in that place and have been there ever since. I'd rather go somewhere where they're going to tell me the truth than what them pat me on the head, tell me a little poem, and say we're all going to be all right one of these days because we ain't all going to be all right. Amen. We need to get somewhere where they're going to tell us the truth. You know, we sang that song, I'm enlisted in the fight for the cause of truth and right. That's what it is when you're saved. I didn't even know there was a devil till I got saved. Then I met him head on. I mean, we say we've enlisted in the fight. I tell you, when you get saved, God don't put you on the love boat, amen. And God don't put you on the good ship lollipop. When you get saved, God puts you on a battleship, amen. That's exactly right. And we need to understand that we're on this concourse. We're in a battle. We're in a fight. And you're not going to be able to get victory unless you're in the fight. Now, I know we, we become victors through the Lord Jesus. Christ. But I will tell you this. I have seen people, I have seen casualties. I have seen people go away from God. I have seen people, would you ever believe some of the people that we fellowship with, when you first got saved, they're going to some place now, they don't even have the right Bible, and they'll condemn you and I because we believe the Word of God. Amen. That's exactly right. I mean, the Bible said the faith. That tells me there is only one faith, amen. Now listen, I'm, I'm not a Baptist bride or I don't believe Baptists are the only ones going to heaven. People say, Brother Randy, you believe Baptists are the only ones going to heaven? I'm like, Lord, no, I don't believe a bunch of them's going, amen. I mean, listen, I was a lost Baptist for years. I'm not going to heaven because I'm a Baptist. I'm going to heaven because I've been washed in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. But I want to say this, if I believe the church of God was right, if I believe the Pentecost 
Pentecostals was right. If I believed the Mormons was right, that's where I'd be, amen. That's exactly right. That's where I'd be. I wouldn't be, I like my Saturday, so I wouldn't be a seven-day Adventist, amen. I like to do stuff on Saturday. But if I thought that's right, you mark her down, that's where I'd be. Amen. I want to say where the truth is. And the Bible talks about the faith. That means that's the faith that has been referred to as the body of truth proclaimed by the Lord Jesus Christ, passed on to the apostles. Again, now I'm saying what you and I believe can be traced back to the Lord Jesus. He passed it on to the apostles and that's how you and I got the truth of the gospel. Amen. Thank God for it, for the truth. And what he's doing here, he's saying you should earnestly contend for the faith, for the body of truth. Now there's some things that are negotiable. I can negotiate. You say, Brother Randy, I believe the Lord's crucified on this day. Uh, listen, I'll sit down with the Bible and you can show me those things and I'll say, you know what? You might be right about that. You can say, Brother Randy, I believe the church started on this particular day. I can say, well, that's okay. Show me what you're talking about. I mean, listen, I'll negotiate with you, but there's some things that are non-negotiable, amen. There's some things that we need to earnestly contend for. We don't need to go out of the way, hold up an ugly sign on the side of the road calling people bad names that the Bible don't call them, amen. That's not contending for the faith, that's being contentious. God's not talking about being contentious, he is talking about contending for the faith and that's what we need to do. And the Bible said this, that was delivered unto the saints. God delivered it unto you and I. And what he's saying here, Jude is saying that this faith that has been once delivered unto the saints of God will constantly be under attack. It will constantly be threatened. It will repeatedly go under attack. And that's what is going on today. These people that are turning from the truth they're attacking the people who believe in fundamentalism, who believe the King James Bible, who believe Jesus is the only way to heaven. We are under attack. And I tell you what, the Bible said this, I say also unto Peter that thou art, thou art Peter and upon this rock I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against them. Now listen, we picture that and we're like we're over here in the corner and the gates of hell's not going to prevail against us. Oh no, it's right the opposite. The word picture of that is the church is bombarding the gates of hell and not even the gates of hell will prevail against the church of the living God. Amen. I tell you what we've done, we've laid our armor down. We're not earnestly contending for the faith anymore. And I know this, I owe it all to Jesus and that's who I serve and I know that, that my loyalty is the Lord Jesus Christ. I understand that. But sometimes I feel an indebtedness out of the men that have, I'm talking about blazed a trail, that have went against even some of their family to stand for the truth. I think about these men that shed their blood. I mean, listen, on foreign soils. I think about the 300 individuals that lost their life during Queen Bloody Mary's reign because they would not take the Eucharist and they would not bow down to the Catholic Church. I think about those men that shed their blood but give you and I this great faith that we have and the truth that we have and the Bible that we have and William Tyndale shed his blood and died there at the stake and was burned so you and I could have a copy of the Word of God. 
I know that my loyalty is to the Lord, but I feel an indebtedness to the ones that have earnestly contended for the faith. I can't help thinking about Brother Cape every time I come up here. I mean, I'm talking about a man of God that stood for the truth and the men that were before him and the Ed Ballews and the people when they first got started. Some of you got saved, Brother Biddle. I mean, some of you got saved because an old-fashioned preacher didn't care what nobody said, but God hadn't told the truth to you and told you it's going to hell. That's why you're in the house of God, saved by the grace of God, because a man of God earnestly contended for the faith. But you know what he says here? He don't just say which was delivered to the pastor. And he don't just say which was delivered to the missionary, which was delivered to the deacons, which was delivered to the Sunday school. It said which was delivered to the saints. That means everybody saved has an obligation to earnestly contend for the faith. You think about this. Uh, over 2,000 years since Jude wrote this, but we're still surrounded by organizations and cults that say they have a new word from God and come on over to our place and we'll give you a new revelation. Come on over to our place and we won't jump on you. Come over to our place and we'll love on you. Hey, listen, I thank God for love. Praise God for the love of God. But they're not up in heaven tonight on ceasing day nor night to sing love, 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 love. The angels up in heaven tonight are saying holy, 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 holy. God is a holy God. That's right. Amen. They don't want standards. Uh, they want somebody just to shout it out. And I love shouting. I enjoy it. Uh, but they, won't st- they don't want standards. They want to shout. Uh, they don't want power. They want a procedure. Hey, they don't want doctrine. They don't want even a description. They say, take the name off. And let's call it this. Let's call it revived church, upper church, vision church, a life spring church. Uh, listen, river church, thrive church, harvest church, rejuvenate church. I tell you what it is. And what's that? If I could think of, and I'd call the name it right now. What? Venue church. And Oasis and anywhere else to face such a thing. Amen. I mean, listen, what they are, they ought to tell the truth. If they're going to put it on the sign, they ought to put tell the truth. Say, liberal church. Compromise church. Uh, no judgment church. No convention church. Tank top church. Flip flop church. Amen. Circus church. Abracadabra church. That's what it ought to be. Amen. Thank God. That's right. I'm glad I'm in the house of God tonight. I feel a little bit better. I was tight when I got up here, but I feel a little bit better now. That's right. I'm telling you, we're losing that. When I, when I go someplace, I want to know what you're telling me is the truth. Hey, listen, don't water mine down. Praise God. Tell it like it is. Thank God for some standards in the house of God. Uh, They say if you preach standards anymore, you don't love people. Hey, listen, you don't understand what even you're saying. I tell you, I associate who you belong with by what you look like. That's all I got to go by. People say, you know, God looks on. I know God looks on the heart. I praise the Lord for that. But I'm not trying to win God. I'm trying to win the world, amen. And the way that we're going to win the world is not running around looking like the world with them old Jason Aldean britches on. I mean, some of you boys, praise God, you ought to get you a pair of blue jeans, amen. I can't believe you'd pay $80 for a pair of blue jeans that got holes in both the knees, have blown out the bag, can't even keep the britches pulled up, amen, and pay $85 for a pair of blue jeans like that. You can get them at the Goodwill all day for $5. Man, 
I mean, I'm talking about that fit. That fit. And it's a conspiracy against large people. It is, amen. It is. You can't find a pair of pants, praise God, to fit right. The waist is about that long. That's exactly right. That's worldly. You say, where's that at in the Bible? It's right behind your verse about Sunday school and mission boards, amen. It's worldly. It is worldly. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. Hey, listen, if the world's doing it, you and I ought not be doing it. Under God, we sure enough ought not be bringing it in the house of God. Then, now listen, we ought to earnestly contend, every one of us ought to say, no, listen, we're not going. You know what the Bible said? The Bible said that they had crept in unawares. Now you mark this down, this church and the outreach this church has going after sinners, that's what it's all about. I understand that, I know that. But I tell you what you need to be, you need to be very careful because there'll be people and they'll creep, they will creep in unawares and they'll say they're just like you and they'll say, praise God, preacher, thank you for telling me the truth. I thank you for preaching the word of God. Hey, listen, this happens at Concord. I preach down there, they say, praise God, brother Randy, thank you for telling us the truth. Thank you for telling her how to, I preach, listen, Aaron and them can tell you, I preached Sunday morning on being faithful. I said, half of you, we had a revival here for two weeks. Not a one of you showed up. You can ask them back here. That's exactly what I said. I said, we had revival for two weeks. Not a one of you showed up. Some of you didn't even come a night. You know how many was there Sunday night? Less than that was there the Wednesday night before. Amen. I mean, listen, if you're going off results, you'll beat your head against the wall. I'm not preaching the truth by results, and I'm not preaching the truth to get you to come to the altar. I'm preaching the truth because it's truth. Amen. Amen. That's the only way that you're going to be founded, and I'll tell you what's going to happen. The creeps will creep in unaware. That's what happened, and that's, what, that's really from within. You know, Paul wrote in the book of Acts in chapter number 20, and verse number 25, and here's what it said, Acts 20 and verse 25. He said, and now behold, I know that ye all among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God shall see my face no more. Now this is Paul when he's writing while he was in Ephesus, not Corinth. I'm talking about when he's writing to the Ephesian church. When he's in Ephesus, the deepest church, if you will, spiritually, I mean, there's some things in the book of Ephesians and that's why a lot of people get off on their doctrine because they don't understand and rightly divide chapter number one of the book of Ephesians. These people were not, I mean, these people were spiritual people. They were not spiritual hobos riding around on somebody else's coattail. Do you know what Paul said this? He said in verse 26, he said, wherefore I take you to record this day that I am pure from the blood of all men for I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. Take heed there for unto yourself and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God which he hath purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Also of your own selves shall men, of your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after them. Therefore watch and remember that by the space of three years I cease not to warn every one not and day with tears. That's the context. Paul said, I warned you, Ephesus, night and day with tears that the adversary will send people and they will creep in unaware and they'll try to tear down the doctrine that you have learned. That's 
You say, you think it could happen here? It could happen in a Sunday school. One Sunday school teacher, one Sunday school teacher gets off just a little bit. One Sunday school teacher says, well, you know, a better rendering of this text would be this. A better translation of this would be better. I tell you what, you need to quit reading after some of these liberal fellas, amen, because you ain't strong enough to handle it. I don't know whom I'm preaching to, I'm just preaching, amen. I'm just telling you, that's why you need to be careful. And what needs to happen if somebody does that in your Sunday school class, your radar needs to go up and you need to say, no, 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 that's not right. There's not a better rendering. We have the rendering. You either got the word of God or you don't. That's right. Amen. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. There's only one word of truth. Amen, that's right. And here's what they'll say. The Bible said this, said they'll be, begin turning, turning. They'll say, well, you know what? Let's replace the church. Let's get us a small study group going on. You better watch that. And I'm not against studying. I mean, I know some of you think that I probably, I'm not against studying. I believe you ought to, amen. Study to show thyself approved unto God. If you don't study, you'll show yourself, amen. I believe you ought to study, but I believe you ought to be at Sunday school. I believe you ought to be at the house of God because there's some things you're going to get at Sunday school and at church you ain't going to get anywhere else, amen. I, that's what it's for. I don't know what in the world I'm doing on this Sunday school thing, but I'm going to tell you this. What you ought to do, hey, your children ought to say, you know what, what's going on at the church? It's important enough to be there at 10 o'clock or whatever time y'all start Sunday school. It ought to be important enough uh, for you to get up out of bed, Amen. That's right, and sit there and watch all day long and watch somebody and watch some Tennessee, I can't even believe that, but watch some Tom, Tommy Rot like that all day long and then come dragging in at about 11.15 at the house of God saying, preacher, bless me if you can. I tell you what, you ought to be at Sunday school. Hey, you ought to be at the house of God. When things is going on, you ought to be there, amen. That's right. If you don't watch it, they'll start <coughs> turning. Let's just turn a little bit. Let's replace this uh, preaching with a teaching ministry. Let's put a drama team because it makes it more interesting. I'm talking, about in, I'm talking about Baptist churches now. I'm not talking about somebody on down the road. <laughs> I, I remember one time I was, I, this man called me and it's a church over in Rome and uh, he said, Brother Randy said, we don't have a pastor. Our pastor left and we, we'd like for you to come and preach to us. And uh, I said, I'd be glad to. He said, would you? And we talked about something. I said, no. I said, but I, I'd, I'd come preach for you, try to help you. And man, I had all this sweet, I had this sweet message together on Calvary. I mean, I had this sweet little nice message. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna go try to, I'm gonna try to help these people. I, I know they're probably hurting. The pastor's not there. I got, I mean, I got there and it was great. I mean, it really was. The congregational singing was good. They're singing them old hymns, you know, like some of y'all sing tonight. I, I like hearing them old hymns. I mean, I really do. I like the old and the new, but I like them old hymns. I like it where, the, you know, the women sound like they're going up over a hill every time. Uh, oh, oh, oh. I like all that kind. You know where you got your four-part harmony and all that. I don't know what part is what. I just know I like the way it sounds when you throw it all together, amen. They were singing them old-time songs up in the choir, man. I mean, it was a blessing. I said, like, praise God. And about that time, 
whoever it was in charge of the service said, okay, drama team, y'all come on up. And man, there's this woman and she got, and I'm not trying to be mean. I mean, I'm really not. But she was not dressed appropriate. I mean, listen, I thought, ma'am, you bought that for 50% off. That don't mean that you just put 50% of it on. Amen. Just telling you. She comes sashaying down the aisle. I was like, what in the world are they doing? And listen, I got there, Brother Ricky, and I was, I was glad. I was thrilled. I said, they, they brought some sinners in. I mean, there's about three or four pews over here. I said, they brought some sinners in over here. I mean, listen, the, the boys, teenage boys, they had their hats on, you know, had, had their hats on, had them on backwards, and, you know, had on them old blue jeans. And I, listen, I wasn't going to blow them out. I was glad they was there. It's Sunday morning. I try, I mean, on Sunday morning. I mean, listen, I, I know what the outreach is. I know you got to get them in there. I know you got to hit them quick. I understand all that. I know all that. I tell you what, they got up there. They wasn't, they wasn't the visitors. They wasn't the bus crowd. Buddy, they had members of the church and the quote-unquote leaders of the youth group. And buddy, they got up there, and I mean, I'm talking, I'm talking about, it was something, I mean, I, I mean, I could, you know, I mean, it was something... It was like something I had never seen, not in the house of God, not in church, amen. I thought I'd seen them up there doing that. I said, they used to do that at the honky-tonk, amen. I'm like, listen, this ain't some Led Zeppelin concert. This is the house of God, amen. I tell you, they got up there gyrating, cut the lights on, had all these white gloves on, some kind of pantomime going on, had this black velvet behind them. And I'm telling you what, the more I looked at it, the more I got stirred up. Yes, Them old time, that old time choir, they sang for 10 minutes. That quote unquote praise team got up there and they carried on for about 45 minutes and it's getting near 12 o'clock. And I tell you what, I done went, I done went, I just run the gamut of emotions. I like, I'm gonna try to help, I'm gonna try to bless them and pour old sin. Buddy, I got up there and I mean, you call it what you want to. A righteous indignation built up in my heart. I read the text out of Calvary and I preached about an hour on everything I could think to preach on. I mean, listen, I'm talking about everything that I could think to come in my mind. You say, why? I said, because them teenagers there ain't never gonna hear it and I'm gonna load them up real good. I ain't coming back and I knew it, amen. Not that I wouldn't go back, but I still hadn't heard from nobody, amen, from over yonder. I'm talking about, you talking about man, but you know who, you know who shook my hand? All them older saints of God. They said, Bro, oh brother, thank you for preaching to us. Thank you for telling us the truth. Thank you for preaching to my grandbabies. Thank you for preaching to my children. Let me mind a good Holy Ghost right here. Daddy, if you're not going to do it, Mama, if you're not going to do it, i tell you why I'd come to Bible Baptist because, listen, you may not change. You ain't going to change. You're going to do what you want to do. For the sake of your children, I'd bring them to the house of God where the man of God's going to preach to them and love on them and tell them the truth out of the Word of God. If you're not going to do it, for the sake of your children. Listen, mama, get your grandchildren to the house of God. Earnestly contend for the faith. That's what we all do. Turn. The Bible said they turn the grace of God. They say, well, you know, if you're saved by grace, if I just go out and commit some sin, that'll just magnify the grace of God. Anybody, I want to say this, Anybody that would belittle standards in preaching against things every once in a while, 
The reason they don't want to hear it is because they're doing it. I believe that, Brother Ricky. I have never been to a place where the preacher don't, where the preacher gets up and says, now listen now, we're not going to grind any axes here at this camp meeting and we're not going to say anything negative. I tell you what, we're all going to love on one another. We're here to encourage. Hey, I know what Jubilee's for. I know what it means. I understand. I mean, listen, Brother Ricky, I hate to say this, but I preach for preachers. They say, now, Brother Randy, we're having a Jubilee. Now, no, no, we're not having a revival. We're having a jubilee, you know, jubilee. We want you to come to our jubilee and preach in our jubilee. Well, that's all right. I mean, I like jubilee. Amen. I, I like rejoicing in the Lord. I understand what a jubilee is. I don't understand what it's all about. But it's not all the time going to be jubilee. I mean, listen, there's going to be some times where, listen, you just need to, I like my preacher every once in a while, Brother Grant. I mean, I'm talking about eat a bag of 16 penny nails, I chase it with some diesel fuel, shut his hand in the car door about five or six times in the parking lot, get somebody to hit him on the big toe with a hammer about five or six times and get to the pulpit and preach a devil out of me. I'm talking about no singing, no nothing, get in the pulpit, preach, 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 amen. That's what's going to solidify you as a Christian is preaching, growing in grace in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ and not a license to sin. What apostasy does is it says, let's remove all the restraints, all the standards. God never called nobody to build a coffee house. and God never called nobody to build a restaurant, amen. God called a preacher to preach and God called the saints to earnestly contend for the faith this is no time to let up this is no time to be unprepared here's what Margaret Thatcher said her most, one of her most memorable quotes was spoken to President George H.W. Bush after Iraq invaded Kuwait in 1990 she said remember George this is no time to go wobbly no time to go wobbly you know what's happening in some of our churches today? They're going wobbly. They're saying, well, you know, I tell you what, we, we'd have more people. We'd just have a few more people here. You know, Brother Ricky, if you just didn't say, I mean, we, we got these people here, and they don't know. If you just, if you just don't say nothing about that, just kind of leave. Hey, I, show me somewhere in the Bible where Jesus ever was afraid of running anybody off. Do you know what I'm convinced of this? I'm convinced of this, that the world has been flim-flam and bamboozled and hoodwinked by so many so-called preachers in churches. They're hunting for a place that won't tell them how good they are and tell them how wonderful they are that will tell them the truth. A drunkard's like, you're telling me I'm okay? A doper, you're telling me I'm okay? A gambler say, you're telling me I'm okay? No, what they want to do is they want to come in and say, well, you know, you can be saved and keep on gambling. You can be saved and keep on drinking. You can be saved and keep on doing your drugs and stuff like that. That's saying, well, you know, well, he's a Christian bank robber. Everything's all right with that. It's the same. What's the difference? They know Christian drunks, Christian dope addicts, Christian gamblers, Christian bank robbers. Ain't no such thing. We're losing. We're losing the fact we're afraid because we're going to we're afraid because we're run, going to run somebody off. I tell you, I believe this, and I'm done preaching. I believe what your pastor needs to hear 
I believe some of you men, men around here need to say, Preacher, I want you to know something. Been a long time since I have told you, but I want you to know I'm with you. I want you to know I stand with you. And if you want to let the hammer down, let her down, let us have it with both barrels, Preacher, I'm with you. And I want you to know I got your back. I'm not talking about getting in a fight and beating somebody up. I mean, unless you're a new convert, and we'll teach y'all that in Sunday school. Now you ought not do that. No, but I am saying this church, church members, your pastor needs to know that you're with him because I promise you there's going to be times where he's going to go in the pulpit and he's going to have to say some things he don't want to say. He's going to have to deal with some things he don't want to deal with them. And the devil's going to beat him to death and say you're going to run this and off and run this and off and run this and off and run this and off. What you need to do is come to your pastor and say, Pastor, as they say down to Chinese restaurant, hoggy washy. They ain't going nowhere. We're with you. We're behind you. We're standing with you. And we're going to stand with you as you earnestly contend for the faith. Let's everybody stand. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Preacher, you come.